we're back. We're back at last, right? <laughs> How long has it been? I don't Dude, know. So it's been long. a while. We so were trying, sad. but Mike just didn't want a podcast. You know, yeah. just and like, I have watched we... so many episodes of Theonomy and Christian Reconstructionism and Doug Wilson. <laughs> oh, I've been binging on that stuff in between. Like, <laughs> the conversation has just it's developed in my mind since the last time we spoke. <laughs> you're like you're running a podcast internally all the time. Yeah, <laughs> arming myself, ammunition. Um, yeah, sorry if anyone has been um, wondering. Uh, we just do this sometimes. We drop off the radar. I have just been crazy uh, busy. I'm, I'm like I'm a foot footnote like robot right now, just uh, putting the final touches on a, a massive manuscript for final submission, and uh, going through these uh, man, just all these little citations and oh man, just semicolons and oh. So what's the bibliographical sort of regime you have to apply in your paper? In your master and your doctorate, the regime, well, the which school of the, the style, style. the right, style, yeah. referencing style, that one, that one, <laughs> the, yeah. regime. the regime. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got to be a regime with you, Nick. <laughs> a regime. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's very close to it's Arabian Chicago sort of thing, but they've got their own little tweak on it. But they're changing everything. They actually changed halfway through the program and so i'm i'm on their own the the old um the old formatting system so thankfully they allowed me to not have to go back and change everything um but yeah oh, it's been a lot of work just to getting to this point but anyways we're, we're getting there we're doing it and uh pretty soon that thing will be submitted and then we'll see then we'll get on to the action um but here we are and we want to talk more well actually what i said you know we last time we were talking we were talking about two kingdoms and how covenant theology and two kingdoms interact. That's obviously our bread and butter. That's, you know, we'll, we'll be coming back to that again and again, but just even in those uh, last few um, discussions, hopefully what's really um, become apparent if, if you were listening to that sort of thing for the first time is that covenant theology is just so, 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 so important. You know, we, we I think we entitled the last, um, uh, the episode was like, where does Noah fit into your theology or something like that? Basically, the Noah covenant, like, where, what do you do with that? How does it fit in? Uh, and then, of course, that's just the Noah covenant. You got all these other biblical covenants that you, you have to know what to do with. And um, these things are all important. They're just going to, you know, certainly on the two kingdom issue, which is no small issue. Um, and on reconstruction uh, and theonomy. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but like, you know, you've got. I mean, everything from from John Piper's kind of deal to anti Aggressive covenantalism, deal. dispensationalism. I mean, it's all, it all starts, yeah. I mean, there, there is a quote that I actually pulled up, um, but I actually I was, let me see if I can quickly find it. It's this great quote from Spurgeon. Let's use the search for one second here. Spurgeon, here we go. Well, why, why are you looking for that? No, I've looked at it. It's done. It's done. Oh, well, I, I don't, I play, I don't play, bro. Uh, when I search, you don't I get play. it. You just, All right. Yeah, so as see. one theologian stated, and this is in Legan Duncan's forward for the book we'll look at in a second. He says the doctrine, this, he's quoting Spurgeon, the, the doctrine of the divine covenant lies at the root of all true theology. Mm. It has been said that he who well understands the distinction between the covenant of works and the covenant of grace is a master of divinity. And, and then he actually goes on, my, in light of what Nick was saying there, I am persuaded that most of the mistakes which men make 
concerning the doctrine of Scripture are based upon fundamental errors with regard to the covenant of law and of grace. May God mm. grant us now the power to instruct and you the grace to receive instruction on this vital subject. Just classic Spurgeon style. I love the fact that all the Presbyterians quote a Baptist on that one as well. That's just <laughs> absolutely awesome. A There's such an irony Baptist. going on there. But, um, <laughs> but it's true though. I think, you know, even if uh, there's, a, there's a difference in um, where we land on those, on those finer points, uh, we're all seeing it. We're all seeing that the way we get to those finer points is via this architectonic principle of covenant theology. And, um, and so we thought, let's just um, do something a little bit more sustained, a little less sensational. Uh, a little, uh, we're, probably, we're probably not going to get the, the mega hits with, the, with this, so it's going to be a little bit more on the academic plodding along stuff. But, but you know, it's the work. It's the work you've got to do. You've got to understand the stuff um, if you do want to put your theology together, as Spurgeon just indicated there, uh, which, you know, I couldn't agree with him more. Um, and so, you know, there are many good books that we could look at, but just in light of uh, the way it tends to work with podcasting and, uh, and us, and the fact that we try to, we've tried to go through a few books, but it ends up just becoming our own talk on the thing anyway. <laughs> so I thought, let me not, let me, let me not massacre another book by trying to get its greater argument or anything like that. Let, let's, um, let's just take a grouping of essays, which I think would be helpful. And we'll just turn it into a kind of starter point for our discussion. And, uh, and the book that I think just lends itself well, well to that uh, is a book that's, that's come out recently expensive little guy <clears throat> but very good it's from the the rts team uh the faculty um it's called covenant theology biblical theological and historical perspectives edit edited by guy Prentice waters uh nicholas reed and john r mitho and muether you know i have i have I I have hung out. I can't be Mitha. It's Mitha, yeah, bro. It's how they say it. It's he's a librarian, bro. Well, you, I have, uh, you know, he's a he's a one of the big big players with um, with uh, the stuff that we talk about. You know, he uh, he edits like anything worth reading when it when it comes down to plan stuff or or just a lot of the historic two kingdom stuff, the spirituality of the church yeah. stuff. Uh, he's written some great stuff with um, Daryl Hart. Um, so he features a little bit in my dissertation. I've actually sat with uh, Dr. Mitha and uh, and in the RTS lounge in the in the little um, staff thing. He made me a cup of coffee and graciously spent some time with me. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, but he was just super interested. Here to we go, out. Nick. Here we go. Name dropping. Well, you know, was oh, when I name... was in the RTS lounge, <laughs> I, it was it was an honor. You know, just I mean, he took you there. He was doing his research. You know what he was actually doing though, and you know it was interesting because I didn't know, but we were talking about it. Uh, he was just you know he was busy with something obviously, so he took the time out from doing something, and, and he, he was telling me he was putting together a bibliography, and I was like, whoa, crazy because this is a librarian RTS. Obviously, ah, makes all it makes sense. And then and then I was like, did you catch the one on? Um, you know, uh, Golding's book on covenant theology. He's like, yep, I got that one in there. And, uh, and this, this is for this thing. So he was telling me about this book. And so yeah, yeah. I, there's the bibliography in this book. So I was like, ah, I feel connected. So you're a footnote in the footnote, bro. No, I'm a, uh, that's, that's me trying to weasel my way in. But, uh, but, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it was a privilege because, you know, he took, I mean, he's obviously a busy dude and uh, he was so gracious with his time. And um, he was just 
interested in the stuff that I was looking at, you know, for the PhD uh, studies. I was just starting out at that point. I just had a, uh, a talk with Frame just before that. So he was, he was kind of interested in how that, that went. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. uh, before that, you know, I saw Tom Cruise on the... <laughs> um but uh it it was it was it was really good so anyway um all to say um rts gotta love them yeah it's good yeah Mm. uh they're kind of a mixed bag though you know as as a seminary on this issue yeah i saw that i mean uh they're they're pretty open about their differences they speak about the john murray versus klein differences Mm. differences over the no covenant i thought that was that was pretty helpful yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's so Palmer Robinson as well, who's it's dedicated to him. Yeah, so it's, I mean, they they obviously, um, you know, but that's what that's what makes this helpful because it's 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 going to be it's going to give us an opportunity to kind of, I mean, there are some very solidly Kleinian bits in this uh, where they're obviously moving along with with what Klein said, and, and that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, Van Pelt's thing on on the Noah Covenant is great because you know, as we were talking about the other day. Um, he's just down to the nitty-gritty exegesis on on why we are seeing a pre-diluvian and post-diluvian Noe covenant. Wow, that's a mouthful. And um, uh, easier and, to uh, write than to do. It, it really is. Yeah, read the little diluvian. And and so you know we'll get into that and see some of the helpful uh, detail because that 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 stuff tends to i don't know for me that wins the day you know because if there aren't two noe covenants uh, we're in trouble with the two yeah. kingdom thing and you know that's going to come down to exegesis so there's a good example of, of looking at something that'll agree with us but then there, there's some stuff that is just a little bit different um but we can interact with that but but i thought it'd be a good thing because some of these um essays and even like the forward and then then the the part at the end there with um uh who's the guy that does that um who's that guy Who's that guy? The oh Kevin DeYoung, of course. Kevin DeYoung. Afterward. You know, yeah, the afterward. He he just basically uh you know puts something together and you know, so it'll be it'll be cool. It'll it'll be a good thing for us to discuss. So to today we're just kicking off the intro, uh, which is written by all of them, I think, or or at least a group of them, by Prentice Waters, Reed, and uh Mitha. And yep. and so just a, a bit of a launch into what's coming. And it's a good little intro into into covenant theology while we're at it. So what did you think? Do you, you guys read it, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's an intro. It's great. You know, it, uh, starting off with some classic uh, definitions, uh, Bavink, you got to throw in the big names to start us off. So everyone gets the hook and we're in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. covenant is the essence of true religion. There it is. We're now studying the most important thing. And this is the reason why everyone has to track with us with every episode as we move forward. Right. And you don't even have to be reformed. If you're a Christian, you have to check with us, you know, um, because covenant is the essence of true religion. But, you know, I mean, that you think about that statement, who who reads their Bible could deny it, you know, um, no, it's no. just impossible. I mean, you don't have to obviously subscribe to covenant theology or what we do with that covenant. But but in terms of just that biblical point blank reality, I mean, there's something about a covenant in the Bible that's just, I mean, even if you just want to start off with the New Testament and just go with the New Covenant alone, that give, gives life. I mean, you know, you don't need to go further than that to see that, that, you know, this is huge. But then, you know, you start at the beginning and you realize this is, this is the, the basis 
uh, that we have. Well, this is the, yeah. Um, yeah. the stranger who has come to meet us through covenant. You know, and everyone well, has a scheme. It's just either a good one or a bad one. Yeah, that's true. There's exactly. a guy in my church that that he had never heard. He's actually written a book on on the covenants of the Bible. And he had never heard of covenant theology. You know, it comes from a total. <laughs> Must be a great um, book. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, he comes from a total dispensational, Pentecostal, primal, you know, all that kind of stuff background. Wow. But he, but he was so, you know, as he's reading the scriptures, he thought the covenants are really, really important. So he just as a matter of sort of personal study, did a kind of systematic study of all the of all the of the covenants, and his conclusion was that God only relates to people through covenants. And it's like there have yep. to be three overarching systematic constructs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't quite get that far. I don't think he quite worked out how the covenants my, will fit. My earliest experience of covenant theology. Did you guys ever come across the book The Scarlet Thread? Oh, what was that again? Oh. Yes, was that Bruce Wilkinson or something? I don't know. It's it's like like that. It's like. <laughs> Do you remember Bruce Wilkinson? I used to love <laughs> no, it, that guy. It was way before that. It was just called the Scarlet yeah. Thread, yeah, and wow. it was literally you know the Scarlet Rahab and the Scarlet Thread, and hmm. it's like way over-interpreted typology all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. scarred me for life. I couldn't. I couldn't actually think covenant theology without constantly filtering it through that terrible book I read. Through, anyway. through the scarlet thread. <laughs> That's crazy. That takes me all the way back to CUM bookstore in Greenacres. Yeah, I think it was that book that said um, that virginity was a blood covenant. You know, that's why women should be virgins when they get married, because uh, that's why marriage and virginity it's a blood covenant. And so, yeah, I might have to edit that part out. <laughs> um, I can't even remember my, my first intro to covenant theology, though. That's weird. It's a weird thought. Why can't I remember that? Anyways, Obviously I mean, it, it definitely wasn't. I think, I think it was one of those things where. Surely it was of, our heated debates about no, baptism in the early days. I think a lot, a lot of that was. Oh, maybe. Maybe that, that sort of got us onto it. But, but I think. Um, I think it was more just, you know, you sort of, you know, when you start off with, well, when I started anyway, you know, with Reformed Theology, you kind of, okay, what is Reformed Theology? Let's read R.C. Sproul's book. Hey, he's got a book called What is Reformed Theology? <laughs> Fantastic. And then you're like, well, you know, it's this and it's that and it's this and there's the covenant in there somewhere and, you know, and it's and it's awesome. And um, and you kind of like, just, okay, cool, that's fine. But I think where it really started to kick in for me um, was when I started to see how it played in with, with client stuff. I started to, it must have been, it must have been that, that yeah. that's when it, and that was fairly early, you know, it was one of the first um, um, things I'd read. I mean, actually, you know, it's systematic theologies, I suppose, where, where you, we get re reading through all those one volumes, you know, <laughs> I know Nick was the same. We just went through a season where we just like read every single one volume systematic that came out and you always had your like little three pages on covenant theology and kind of, oh, that's the part we disagree with, with the Presbyterians. <laughs> and, um, but, but, you know, no one that really just developed the whole, and I, I came in, I, like I got into Voss via client, you know, so, so I, you know, completely the wrong way there. And, um, and, and so I suppose I just went straight into the yeah. 2.0 stuff. I got into Klein via Horton. I think Horton was the first sort of major yeah. covenantal theologian. And he develops the whole notion of um, lens and loci. Oh, yeah. So every, every, you know, in systematic theology, you've got your, your various heads of doctrine. Those are your locuses, mm. loci being plural. So your loci of doctrine, you know, you, 
each each loci is not only a head of doctrine that you you arrange all the data of scripture under mm. but it becomes a lens through which you view the whole of scripture as well mm-hmm. and uh it was it took a very long time for covenant to become a lens for me mm. so i was always you know union with christ justification mm. you know the soteriological stuff but mm-hmm. then you know all of that is absorbed in the broader category of covenant mm. covenant is the one overarching umbrella that just takes it all together yeah 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 and similar to that for me i think was trying to work out the kind of law gospel dynamic in the new testament so the not only in terms of the the role of the law but also how the 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 old testament new testament fit together that's just constantly spiraling around that yeah yeah. that and then I, i also horton was huge for me but the just in the sense that, but even just talking to Mike about Klein stuff before I'd even read any Klein or, um, or anything like that, that it just seemed to make sense. And actually I'd arrived through, through looking at guys like Doug Moo, um, without sort of imbibing the whole thing that he, he does. I had arrived at a similar conclusion about, about the Mosaic covenant already. So actually hearing it come from Klein um, that the mosaic you don't have to try and pretend that the mosaic covenant is a gracious covenant you know a, a covenant based on the principle of grace that um that was a huge relief to me because i was like Whew. you know for a, for a while there i thought i was gonna have to go outside of the reformed camp to find to find people who could just you know who could agree with us um and that was quite a scary thing so guys like horton and klein have been huge for me because they've allowed me to stay uh, you know, confidently within the reformed camp or, uh, mm. in my reading of the Mosaic Covenant. Not according to Frame, bro, or, you know, any of the haters. You're, hey, you know, if, if you haters going to hate any of that stuff, you're out of reformed orthodoxy. My goodness, there's some. Not according to R. Scott Clark, though. No, no, that's true. We're, we're, we're all, we're totally out of reformed orthodoxy. You know, it's like if you, if you win on the one, you lose on the other, you know, there's always yeah, exactly. going to be something. Everybody that, else has left the reformed tradition only only clanians are in um actually just hearing you talk made me remember this my journey in was um it was really that that desire to see the unity of scripture how, how does it work not even really worried about um you know covenants so much but more just you know almost more thinking along the kingdom theme and and just mm. how does it all fit how does it how do we go from genesis to revelation and that's where i started to see you know uh that that you know, and it was obviously in context. It's always a big thing for any Baptist in the Reformed world because, you know, the number one, as you were saying earlier, the number one issue is going to be, well, can we buy into the covenant deal if it's landing them on, on paedobaptism? And so you have to wrestle with that. And then you get, I mean, for me, it was a pretty quick run into into not 1689 federalism, but into some solid uh, Reformed Baptist covenant theology. And, um, and you know, they were they just won me over on the concept, but in so doing, you know, reading, especially reading some of those like RC Howell, for example, I mean, he's like, he's giving a Baptist covenant theology, but he's just, he's just showing the massive unity uh, of the scripture while he's doing it. And then I remember reading John Gill and just loving that section that he's got on. I think on the pink was the off. first book on covenant theology I ever read. Yeah. And they were just, just It'll great. Pink. They were like, okay, here's how the covenants work and here's how the Bible fits together. And I was just, whoa. And then, and then somehow, you know, Klein just took it, from that to, this is how the Bible really fits together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! So yeah, 
<laughs> when you're ready to leave the playground you know, <laughs> exactly. and come into daddy's office mm -hmm. exactly so um we uh we want to just quickly get through a little bit i mean let me just quickly read this outline uh because this is kind of what we're looking at and even just this these headings are good um this is what we're going to be looking at uh as we go through all of the papers but what is covenant theology they've got a few headings here covenant theology is exegetical yeah covenant theology is trinitarian covenant theology is eschatological it's a huge point massive massive point covenant yeah. theology is historical covenant theology is confessional covenant theology is technical <laughs> covenant theology is charitable and i don't know so much about that one but covenant <laughs> theology is practical uh that's true so you know we uh we it should be charitable but yeah, it's, it's it not. should be but um, it is it is can i just say i think it you know is i just had this whoa, 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 whoa. we gotta just oh, no 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 we, whoa, do, whoa. we got covenant theology <laughs> is trinitarian tuesday what else? Ooh. Covenant theology is oh Covenant goodness, theology is exegetical Easter. Ah, <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I just saw a work week going there. I was thinking maybe we could bring back the old podcast. Uh, sorry, I day. thought we were doing the whole calendar of the year. So no, just... no. Covenant theology is no. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> we got two Tuesdays. <laughs> we got Tuesday. <laughs> well done. All right. It's nothing. Um, okay. Yeah, you were saying. Uh, no, I, I think it is. Well. What I think is interesting is that covenant theology seems to be something that's being, like you said uh, earlier, I can't remember who said it, but we we're saying earlier that covenant theology seems to be being picked up and run with by a much more diverse group of people within the Christian world. So you've got, you know, obviously some dispensationals who are picking up and running with the idea. You've got the whole kingdom through covenant thing, which is, you know, showing us the whole spectrum of, of people who are starting to engage more seriously with covenant theology. Um, but you've even got like Roman Catholics taking a more covenantal approach. And I think one of the popes did it. I think it was like Pope um, Benedict the Ratzinger was Ratzinger did okay. it. Anyway, well, I think one, yeah, one of Benedict. the popes did a, okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think he, the, so, so that covenant, the, so in some sense, it might be that even though, there are some fleshing out of the differences. It might be that covenant theology is something that allows a more, it, it give us a common vocabulary to talk about the gospel, you know, and to, to iron out some problems. I'm not saying it's going to solve the rift between, you know, um, reformed and dispensational or between um, uh, Roman Catholic and, and Protestant, but, but it might give us a kind of common template to talk about and where we can see more clearly where, where, uh, where things are going different. Well, even just thinking about uh, King, well, you know, I was going to say the kingdom through covenant thing, where you can see exactly where he's just doing a monocovenantal thing there. You know, and we, we, he wouldn't put it in those those terms necessarily, but but we can see as soon as he's bringing, you know, some sort of grace in before the fall in some way. You know, we're we're just all of a sudden feeling uncomfortable, but we know just even having a grid like that is helpful because you know exactly where the problem lies. And you know, and the the interesting thing is just to the point here that it's charitable and how it should be anyway you know i would go to a book like kingdom through covenant now that i know exactly where i'd stand with it you know i'm able to evaluate it in a very precise way um and 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 not throw away the enormous amounts of yeah. good you know that, that that is going to 
you know, that I agree with. It's just that I'm systematizing it slightly differently or I'm agreeing with what th we've got one little exegetical difference, but I don't have to let it, you know, ruin the whole thing. I don't know that I'd be able to do that with, um, you know, if I didn't have a clear covenant theology myself. Same thing with progressive covenantalism. You know, when I when I talk to those guys, I'm, I, it, it's like, you know, I'm very thankful for a lot of what they're saying, you know, and um, I don't think I would be able to, I feel just too, that's against them if I if I wasn't clear on it myself, you know. So I think I think that's a huge point. The clearer, and I suppose that stands for theology in general. There's this kind of thing where, hey, let's not do theology because it divides. Let's just all get along and love Jesus. But in truth, as you actually do theology, it's never been a point in my life where it's where it's taken me away from unity. It's always brought me closer than once I could see exactly you know where I disagree and and um, and even and, with 1689 federalism, which exactly. would be an alternate reformed covenantal yes. structure exactly so much in terms of the substance that oh, we yeah. would just agree with yeah. exactly i mean and be very very thankful for they're not going on the other side they're not falling on the other side of the the, the mona covenantal slash john ball westminster presbyterianism they're falling on the Kleinian. they're erring on 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 the Kleinian side in many ways um which you know again thankful for so so yeah exactly Look, there have been no views. baptist city states that i'm aware of so i think <laughs> oh well, the Anabaptists, the Anabaptists. Oh well, that's true. That's yeah. true. The Munster thing, and the, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. you know, oh, there's Texas, <laughs> there's <laughs> Idaho, <laughs> but that's not Baptist. <laughs> yeah, well, and who's who knows what James White will end up doing? That is a good question. Where will he go? What will he be? He's like well, a like he's a. He's become like a president. In like his own inside state. the chrysalis at the moment. We don't know what he's going to be when he comes out. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. just, uh, yeah, no, it's charitable. Like we're saying, the covenant <laughs> is charitable. <laughs> love James. Uh, yeah. We love you, James. Yeah, but, no, but I think that, I think that the point you were making was, was, was right because you just don't, once you have an idea of, of how you understand the covenants, you don't have to be scared of other views. Yeah. yeah. And so you can approach it with a, oh, well, there's some fine tuning here. I can agree yeah. to disagree here, but I might learn something there. And I just remember uh, sort of the big aha moments was how did Abraham get saved? Mm. And like, exactly. I remember coming out of a dispensational framework. I'm like, man, this is a huge problem. And it was just covenant theology that just handed it to me. Just for sure. Yeah. Yeah, huge yeah, sure. issues. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you baptize your kids, <clears throat> you know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing yeah. when yeah. they believe. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think that's usually in light of what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to uh, just be super clicky with, with, I mean, obviously we got our niche. We want to, uh, you know, this is the thing that we hold to. I, I mean, as Reformed Baptist Kleinians, we're like as a drop in the drop of the water of the ocean. <laughs> and so, you know, we've got a niche, yeah. that's for sure. But, you know, the niche doesn't lead us into some sort of isolationism. It, it's never, it's never, it's never led me down that track. It's always led me, like, I love I love sort of the way it makes me feel like I can totally hang out with with everyone who doesn't agree with me, and you know, so that's that's what we're trying to achieve. That's good. Um, and then the other thing is, um, oh, you know what I was going to say on that point? Have you just uh, you know we used to have that crush on that Catholic guy, Andrew? Um, oh, what, what Taylor Catholic Marshall? Name? Taylor Marshall, thank you. The Taylor Marshall Show, right? Yeah, I think so, you were crushing on him a bit harder than I, I was. I was. I mean, like, this said. guy was just a stud. Wow, he was it, just like a jujitsu black belt. Like, don't get it no. did he did his uh <laughs> did his uh i mean for, i think i was reading through aquinas at the time and he was just like he had I, he had me on the mm. whole yeah well you know when i read uh aquinas like all of it you know 
uh, I was just like, yeah. oh my goodness, like, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. But uh, anyways, what I was going to say is he came out of the Norman Shepherd thing with um, with the covenant. Mm. Uh, he uh, he in his own book about how he went to Roman Catholicism, and I don't think he's alone in this. Went this he describes it this way. I haven't got a, a reference here, but I'm pretty sure it's in his um, <clears throat> whatever his book is that describes the whole thing. Um, I remember reading there that that the this all came about as he got into covenant theology via uh, Westminster mm. Philadelphia. He was a, he was yeah. a grad there, and um, and you know that's interesting, right? Because it, to your point yeah. there with the Roman Catholicism thing. Mm. Now now that's that's when it all goes wrong, in my opinion. And uh, that, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. it kind of goes both ways. No, but 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 there is, and, and interestingly, there's another Roman Catholic YouTube channel called Reason and Theology with a guy named Michael Lofton. And he too came out of the Reformed faith over the shepherd issue and the covenant theology led him Catholic. So it's the same story. Yeah, because it, it goes would... something along the lines of, well, oh, okay, wait a minute. So if we are Israel, we better start acting like it. And who's been acting like Israel from the beginning? You know, oh, wow. So the synagogues morphed into the Roman Catholic basilicas. Oh, well, they've got their priests. We've got our priests. Oh, it's all one big thing. So it just becomes like a, a stepping stone into, yeah, yeah it's, all, it's all one thing. Uh, let's do that well. You know, and then and then let's try and shoot for a weird kind of um, uh, papacy again, which is effectively a Christocracy. You know, it's interesting mm -hmm. how it all goes. Um, yeah, even with Aquinas yeah. and natural law, that's the that's the that's the interesting bit there. You know, how yeah. how how theocratic natural law can be sometimes. You know, yeah, and um and Scott Hahn, who's like probably one of the yes. most influential Roman Catholics in in the states, wasn't it East, Eastern Orthodox? No, Roman Catholic. Oh, really? Definitely Roman Catholic. Okay, definitely one hundred percent. Like, got it. Uh, he's at the 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 North American Roman Catholic Mecca, which is okay. Steuben, Steubenville, Ohio, or whatever. Okay. And um, but he his his story is very similar. So he was a, th a theon theonomist ah. that became Roman. So Catholic. don't do theonomy. So, this is the moral of the story. Ba well, basically, I think there is there, there is a link there. There's a Imagine connection. Imagine if James White that... went Catholic. <laughs> he never would. He never oh! would. Why yeah, is he wearing that cross around his neck? I know that. Don't do that. It's flashy. Because of Baptist he looks like a priest guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Dude, he's doing it. He's doing it. No, can you? No, he won't do that. Oh, Orthodox, be... maybe. No. no, after he gave after he gave uh, the Bible answer man such a hard time. Yeah, well, that's Orthodox, how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> there, you know, it, it starts. Hard. At, yeah. It's like smoking. <laughs> but, uh, but I think there's also, to, to, but again, if you view that from the other perspective, though, yeah. If covenant theology has been a way into Roman Catholicism, it's also a way into Protestantism. So the 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 whole idea of, you know, look, okay, if I take covenant theology a certain way, and if I see, you know, if I see a kind of extreme continuity that doesn't recognize the distinctions between law and gospel and things like mm, that, I'm going to mm. end up in a, in a more Roman Catholic thing. And, mm. and they traditionally have taken a more kind of monocovenantal theonomic approach. And, mm -hmm. um, Certainly and no, not law and gospel going on there. <laughs> not a huge amount, no. no. But um, the in the same way, anyone who's engaging with covenant theology in the scriptures is going to see that, hang on, there's a bit more nuance. Yeah. And if they find their way onto, yeah. um, you know, and, and I, I've noticed just in my reading for, for academic stuff that um, uh, Roman Catholic writers are quoting Protestant sources a hang of a lot more um, these days than they used to. And mm. I, I think um, 
I think there is going to be a, a, an opening conversation there. And that presents obviously dangers, but it also presents opportunities. Hmm. Well, there we go. Covenant and speaking you. about um, bringing people together, have you mm-hmm. guys, uh, Mike, you've heard about Matthew Johnson's podcast? Uh, right. Don't bring him into this. <laughs> Matthew, no, 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 Matthew no, no. Nick, what are you bro, doing? Here? What are you doing, Matthew? Get off the air, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I told him what there we was, said about There was it. a joke. There was a joke. All right. We I told him Matthew. what we said. I said, uh, I, I told him that we said that um, reformed dispensationalists is like Spurgeon without a beard. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know if you want to slap him or kiss him, you know? But uh, And he no. said, and so is reformed Baptist. That's true. And that's a good point. And so, exactly. hey, we all we have to be a little well. bit weird. But you know what? Uh, really appreciate Matthew and, um, yeah, he's got a, he's doing a progressive dispensational thing pretty much. Right. If I'm not mistaken, maybe we'll, we'll get him on and and talk to him uh, on the podcast. If you'd like to come on, that'd be great. But uh, it's always just good knowing, I mean, man, in New Zealand, bro, we just all got to stick together. That's the bottom line. You gotta be, you gotta be a real freakazoid before we kick you out, you know? Um, but, uh, it's, 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 we, we got to do this thing. It's such a small little place and we don't have, we don't have time and space to, uh, to, to mess around with divisions. And so anytime I'm hearing about a faithful gospel preaching guy in New Zealand, cause everyone else has gone off the map with their liberalism and so forth. Um, you know, I'm, he's in, he's in my team. He's a friend, not a foe. Yeah. Yeah. So covenant theology is exegetical. This is a, this is the thing I'm, yeah. I'm most excited about because that's this is Klein's thing. You know, I think mm. my frustration with reading Covenant Theology until I started reading Klein was this all seems a little bit on the dogmatic side. It all like proof texting that way through it. And, um, you know, especially you started to feel it as a Baptist, I think, rarely when it hit those uh, pedo-Baptist proofs and that sort of thing. But, but I think... Um, but, you know, all throughout, even if it was a true point, it just got to, took that Burkhoff kind of, you know, here we go, the thousand proof text, and it, it's just is what it is because I said it is. And this is just what we've believed. Yeah. And I think just, I don't know, being the kind of postmodern mess that I am, uh, you know, you just those sorts of things don't really work. You know, I need to deconstruct, reconstruct. I can't help myself, right? And um, I need to, I need to know why. I need to know, you know, wh- what? Are we, why are we doing that? That's crazy. So... Klein comes along and he basically goes, you know, I'm ending up in exactly the same position as the age-old dogmatic categories. I'm just pulling it out of this like is the ridiculously why. detailed yeah. exegesis, you know. So it, you know, you you really <clears throat> genuinely get the feeling reading Klein that you could have gone in a completely different direction had the text taken you there. You know, if you if, if it was going yeah. dispensational, you would have gone there. And Klein would have felt nothing to do it, you know. Um, so you feel a real sense of confidence when you get back to covenant theology as a, as a standard sort of systematic yeah. thing or from the text like that. I think that's a big thing to say. There's a lot of talk of... Um you know, covenant theology, the, the theological covenants, you yes. know, that it's a, a yeah. theological framework that's uh, sometimes represented as being imposed on the scripture and not something mm-hmm. that's derived from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the key things being, you know, the word covenant doesn't occur in the first three chapters of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not a covenant of works. Mm-hmm. The typical dispensational proof texting look at the Bible. Um, I remember that was my initial stumbling block. I'd come to the Bible out of a dispensationalist context and I was still expecting it to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the hermeneutic that had led me down the wrong path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, so and, and, there is definitely also, an exegetical basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was kind of the other way around. It was, 
you know, I was, I was approaching it purely from an exegetical basis. And then I had to learn that it was straddling the world of systematics as well. Mm. And so it was okay to utilize some degree of systematic categories to, to talk about covenant theology. Whereas I think I was trying to, similar to you, Nick, I was coming at it from a, a more biblicist point of view, I guess, you know, because so, the whole biblical theology movement has been, you know, right. has been You're in big. the UK and, there. And, and yeah, exactly. In the you UK, everyone's, yeah. re- everyone rejected systematic theology for biblical theology. Yeah. Um, and I was right in the heart of that world and I never yeah. quite went that far, but I was definitely putting more emphasis on biblical theology. And so I was, I was, you know, trying to approach it that way. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of had to relearn that actually it's okay to think about it systematically too. So to mm-hmm. use terms like covenant of grace, covenant of works, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of so thing. So I think one of the, than... one of the helpful things is I, I found anyway, and uh, every now and again, I meet people that are just, they hate what I'm about to say, but I think this is right. Um, you've, you've got one of the things that takes the pressure off almost is like when we're talking about systematic, uh, sorry, when we're talking about covenant theology, we are talking about, systematic theology we're talking about systematic constructs we are let's just say that because when we talk about systematic you know i like what i think it was like Lee the doctrine Ines. of the trinity Amen. exactly you know it's not that it's not in the bible but it's like yeah you're not going to find the word trinity anywhere or you know when we're talking about canonicity union, you know you're not going to yeah. find the word canon there yeah it's a you know you just have to work with that so it is a systematic construct and maybe a better term i like what uh, lee Irons. i'm pretty sure he made the the um the difference there between uh, sort of like a federalism or just that federalism is often a better term to talk about the systematic side of it um because you're looking at those those three if you're looking at the classic threefold uh schema then then federalism uh, would rec- represent the the covenant of uh redemption covenant of works covenant of grace but then when we're talking about covenant theology it's almost like we've come a notch in on biblical theology and we're going all right let me look at the covenants of the bible you know, so let me actually look at where do I find uh, uh, the word covenant, you know, and where, where is that in the Bible? And then if it's not there, then I, I need an exegetical basis to, to say it's there. And then I'm putting all those covenants together uh, to see how they fit together under the systematic construct. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a hard and fast way to look at it, um, but I just think it is helpful to distinguish a little bit between um, a kind of more what, might, what we might call covenant theology at the biblical theological level and covenant theology at the systematic uh, theological level. Um, I mean, you don't have to I deny either the, of them. Just seeing the biblical theology as you know, gathering the raw materials from Scripture, and the systematic theology is the construction of mm. what is there into mm. you know, just forming it into what it is. Yeah. So I think what what happens sometimes, and I've seen this uh, talking to a bunch of dispensational uh, guys, they, they they'd be like, "Well, I you know, see the new covenant." You know, and then you've got the 1609 Federalist language that the new covenant is the covenant of grace, which I find like, oh my God, that's just so unhelpful, you know, because <laughs> because it just throws it right back, you know, into that square one with those guys, because basically, uh, you know, they're coming along going, you know, I see the new covenant, I see the Mosaic covenant, I see these covenants where there is no covenant of grace, there is no covenant of this, and then you have to try and, you know, do this. And, and, and so you just set the distinction up and then you've got the 1609 Federalist come along and go, you know, uh, squash squash those categories all over again and and yeah. now we're you know might if we call you bruce it would just save confusion <laughs> yeah exactly that was an in-house joke bro no one's gonna understand that didn't hear it. <laughs> no sorry okay never mind tell the whole joke this will be fun well, it's like you know be, if you're talking to a bunch of australians 
And, uh, you know, one of them's name's Mike and the other one's name is Steve and the other one's name is Nick. Nick. And you say, oh, guys, to save the confusion, you mind if we just call each other Bruce? That's it. That's the joke. Because Australians like to call each other Bruce. Oh, really? <laughs> racist. Oh. You're such a racist. I am. <laughs> no, that's New Zealanders. That's okay. Yeah. Anyways. Super, super awkward. That's no. all the joke. It's just, you know, it's just, just so, comes so a, it's a product of surfing videos. So that's all. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 right. So we got, uh, we're not going to get through all of these, but hey, technical confessional, obviously that's big. We'll talk about that. That's cool. We're, we're, yeah. we're confessional nerds as well. So uh, that historical, super interesting story. My goodness. You know, just so many, um, I'm just thinking about looking at the early church covenant theology for his masters. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, you've got all sorts of, you know, where did it come from? Where did it, where did it uh, evolve exactly? Where did it um, move into its current form? Um, and then we'll look at all those things that we've mentioned with Trinity. The Trinitarian thing is huge as well, because I mean, like think yeah. about, you know, those passages in John and everything. I mean, I don't think you, I don't, I still to this day, I think it's the only way to understand it. You, you cannot, what on earth is Jesus talking about if there isn't an eternal covenant, you know, and what what's going on there if he's saying, right now, Lord, you know, glorify me and give me the thing you promised me, you know? I mean, you've got to have some way to deal with that. And yeah. so covenant yeah. theology really could, in some ways, just be just be understood as, as a framework for understanding those those. There's discourses. only there's, there's only one heading that wasn't there that I thought could have been there was uh, mm -hmm. creation is covenantal. Because yeah. that would be like that would throw the whole thing off because it's the one way around. Got to be <laughs> well, covered the in theology. Isn't that is kind of creation. included in the eschatological Same thing. thing? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, uh, that's I was wondering if it's subsumed somewhere. You'd have else. to say creation null. Or Man is created in covenant. The creation is is it comes into being in covenant. Yeah. So we'll look at uh, biblical covenants to begin with, and uh, starting with the first one. If you do have the book, go get it, read it pay the money pay the money uh get the book it's 60 dollars or something it's crazy that's a lot. so you, once you got that guy posted, and we're not getting we're not getting a cut from crossway so no exactly um <laughs> unless crossway wants to you know swing exactly. us up yeah it's that huge uh, following we have they might please do yeah, crossway might. that'd be great because by the time by the time you, you've got that posted to new zealand it's like 300 buck book so we're pretty much doomed to reading things on screens uh but anyway um go get the book and uh we'll talk about it cool sounds good sounds cool. good Oh, so John someone Calvin made this for me. It looks is, that, like a, is that a book possessed by the spirit of John Calvin? Whoa. That uh, it's, it's it hand, looks like handmade a, out of out of clay. That's very good. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's very good. Bye. Tot ziens. Simfiele later. Hamagachle. Gere. Salagachle. Shalom. Adios. Adiós. <laughs>
Obrigado. <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> no. No. Namaste. Namaste. Drobadan. Drobadan. Ah. Is. Um, ah. Ciao. Ah. I did it. Sorry, it's taken. Oh, you did it? Uh, <laughs> you did ciao? Yeah. Arrivederci. Oh, Arrivederci. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grace and peace to you. Oh, you yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's so rad. <clears throat> yeah. He looks like uh, one of those orc guys. The, the not oh, an orc, but a, don't you stop.